Hey guys and gals, welcome back to the Monday Night Live stream. Uh, had some technical issues, so we had to put it off for a couple of minutes, but we are going live. We're we're ready to go, raring to get after it. I think we're going to have a great conversation tonight. I've got Shane Tubeck with me on. He is a pastor, life coach, and a mentor, and we're talking about walking in powerful masculinity. And he says that removing the things that hold us back from personal and business growth helps us to thrive. Growth is simple when we're connected to God and, and abiding, but we tend to get in our own ways by getting our needs met from anything but God. It's a trust and identity issue. God is good and his goodness is directed to us. We're sons of God with heaven's DNA. So with that, I'm going to welcome Shane T back to the show. Hey, Shane, how's it going this evening? Hello, I'm good. How are you doing? Hey, doing fantastic. Tell where are you? Uh, where are you <laughs> calling in from? I see you still got daylight where you're at. We still have daylight. I'm in um, Portland, Oregon. Technically, I'm a little probably about an hour north of there, but Portland. Yeah, gotcha. Cool. So all the way pretty far on the west coast i'm in uh yep. i'm in the middle of kentucky so we've got it's 705 here this evening so it's been dark a while okay <laughs> i bet it <laughs> yeah. has so, tell us a little bit about who shane is and kind of where you're where you're coming from yeah um i like you said i'm pastor life coach mentor um i i try to walk everything out and so for for years now i've been on my own personal journey of getting connected with God. Um, since I was a little boy, I've just been connected with him. And I've just wanted to see the scripture, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's been my like my life's cry of this is what I want to see. I remember mm-hmm. as a pastor looking around um, and thinking, where are all the whole people? And all where are the people who are walking that out? Because there was brokenness to my left and brokenness to my right. And that's okay. Um, it's not wrong or bad to need to need to be whole. But when I looked and I saw the elders and I saw the people who were more advanced in their faith, um, still struggling with the same sins that they struggled with 20 years ago, still having broken identities and shame and guilt and condemnation and not really seeing God for who he is. Um, I, I just started catching this mission of, Oh, I want to see God's kingdom come, his wholeness come, um, that connection come on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. It's, it's intriguing to me. Like what would have led you down that path? of you know most people are content to go to church sit in a pew uh, maybe maybe have their little office in the church like they might be an usher or you know do their little thing in the church and and so often we feel good doing that because we feel like we're doing our part for god Uh what was it for you that made you realize that's not enough that there that there's more that that we're missing something? Well, I started seeing miracles. I started seeing backs get healed and cancer disappear. And um, people who should be dead aren't dead. People who, um, even small things like ingrown toenails healed. Um, So 
that got me on this kick of, well, obviously there's so much more. And it progressed from, okay, there's a physical healing that Jesus did at the cross. Then it was like, okay, if Jesus healed our bodies, obviously he healed our hearts. And that got me to start taking some of the words of God, literally, uh, Hmm. that I'm dead to sin, alive in God, that I'm perfect and holy and blameless in his sight, that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus and all the old has passed away and I've become new. You know, I started reading that at its face value and taking away my excuses. My, oh, this is just my sinful nature. I'm always going to struggle with this and that. And this is a hard process because what it required is me looking at my own BS and looking at all the stuff that my shame and my guilt and my condemnation didn't want me to look square in the eyes on. And I didn't want to own up to it until God was just kind of like, you say you want this, that you need to go through this wall of shame and deal with the issues. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a, that's a tough and can be a painful thing to walk through because we want to feel like we have it together and, and most of us don't. <laughs> I mean, yep. I mean, it's, wow. It's so tell me a little, you mentioned in, in your application, you, you talked about freedom from pornography and walking into powerful masculinity and the pornography issue is something that has affected me. It's affected my friends. Um, I, th- I think, what do they say? Like, of both, I mean, of people across the board have been affected by it, whether deeply involved in it or, you know, just at a one-time thing. What, what brought that issue? Like how, talk a little about that. Like what's, why is your focus there? What, what led you to that focus? Good question. First of all, I had to get free of it myself. It was like um, a giant, rock that I was tied to and I just could not get free no matter what I did how hard I prayed I was a pastor and I was seeing you know people get healed physically and I was seeing great things happen and I would pray for people and God would do things and they would be like oh I feel the presence of God and things would happen and yet I had I had to deal with this struggle of pornography and then I realized how deeply connected that was with my masculinity and with where I was getting my needs connected. Mm. And then once I kind of worked through that myself, I started just seeing it time and time again, broken marriages, the root was porn, disconnection, the root was porn, Um, the lack of performance at work and the root was porn. It just became evidently clear that one of the biggest things that are draining men and keeping them from really being men is porn. Yeah. Let's back up just a little bit. You mentioned the masculinity thing and you know, there there's, everybody's got an opinion of, well, I I say everybody, some people would tell you they don't know, but a lot of people have an opinion on what masculinity is, whether it's toxic or whether it's a good thing. What's biblical masculinity? How how can we flip that whole conversation on its head and and create a a positive biblical view of masculinity? How do you, how do you define that? Good question. Um, so the first 
the first foundation is there is male and there is female and we were created in God's image, right? Mm -hmm. So both of those things are, um, are equally important and equally strong, just in different ways. So the roles of a man and the roles of a woman are different. Am I talking about gender roles? Absolutely. Am I talking about them in some dominating way that it's been done in the past? Absolutely not. And that's right. what people react to. Um, there were too many people saying, I demand you to respect my leadership. I demand you to follow me. I demand you to submit. And that's not how it's done. That completely um, violates the principles of masculinity and femininity. Because if you want to look at the greatest masculine, you would look at Jesus. And if you want to look at the greatest feminine, you would look at the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not saying that um, God is a woman, but if you look back in Genesis, the very word that God uses for help me when says, I'm going to give man woman as a help me, that word is the same word as the Holy Spirit. And so there's a very direct connection between the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does and what the feminine is. And I bring that up to say you, it's really the easiest to understand both in contrast to each other. So the Holy Spirit is all about the being, the filling up the space, right? The Holy Spirit comes and fills you up. Jesus created us by him, through him, for him. We were created, right? And then the Holy Spirit comes and fills us with power and it closes us with that power and he comforts us and gives us wisdom and nurtures. And these are all things that are very feminine in nature, very powerful, very wow. wild, very great. <laughs> right. So I am yeah. not here to diminish the woman at all because no, uh, there's such a strength in the life giving breath of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It it's it's sad that we have to have to put that caveat in there because <laughs> with the culture today it seems like you can't say anything good about one person or one group or one one sex without a lot of people feeling like you're putting down the opposite yeah like exactly just you say something good doesn't mean that nobody else is as good you're only bringing out a strong point Everybody's exactly. got a role. And so where, where does the war on masculinity come from? Like what's, what's behind that? Yeah. So um, if you want to destroy a family, you destroy the man because um, so the feminine is the being, the doing, the filling the house, the man builds the house. The man is the framework that holds and protects and provides and creates the space for um, for everybody in it to thrive. Mm. The, if you look at the gifts of Jesus versus the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of Jesus are the fivefold ministry, um, apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, evangelist. In Ephesians, it says these are the gifts um, from Jesus to the church. And these are structure gifts. This is how the body of Christ is laid out, right? Um, we can do, you know, there's a whole other discussion on what is for today and what's not for today, but that we can put aside and be like, this is the structure that Jesus gave. Just as a man provides the framework, the strength, 
the provision, the structure, so Jesus did. And this is why the Bible says, um, men, love women, love your wives as Jesus loved the church, because Jesus, the ultimate structure, the ultimate pursuer, the ultimate, um, I see you and I'm going to come and I'm going to seek you and I'm going to win your heart, right? And that mm. is the strength of the masculine. I see and I do. A woman is I see and I be. A man, I see and I'm going to do. Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. Very external missions, right? Mm. Um I come to set the captives free, to declare the year of the Lord, very external things that are very different than what the Holy Spirit does in the flowy, um, in, in the flowiness of it. Jesus is very mission driven, yes. very, I've come to say, this is what's going to happen, right? So all of that to say, there is a concerted attempt to water that down. So that, um, so that it's not there anymore, so that families can be watered down, so that we can be easily controlled, we can be easily silenced, we can easily be manipulated. And if you take away the men, you take away the protection. And then you have, this is why women are hard. This is why they have a hard time relaxing. This is why you see a lot of angry women out there screaming against the patriarchy, screaming against this, screaming against that. Unfortunately, they're wounded because there haven't been men to be able to stand up and say, this is right, this is wrong. We're going to protect and stand for truth and stand for justice and stand for the way things should be. Mm -hmm. and, and so you see, if you can come after men and the identity of men, because masculinity our sexuality is at the core of who we are and how we show up in this world. Yeah. If you can destroy that, then you can just pick apart society as a whole. Yeah. Is destroying the masculinity is, is that where the pornography issue comes in? Like, is that something from the powers that be, or is there, is there a deeper, um, is there a, a deeper or higher power behind that? Like what's, what do you think is driving that? And, and how do people get hooked on porn? Like what's, what goes on there? Right. Well, I think it's a very concerted effort um, from just looking how popular it is, just looking at the fact that it's everywhere in society and it's just permeating. Like it's, it's obviously promoted and it's, it's obviously something that is celebrated. So you have, right the cultural yeah. gatekeepers of the world promoting yeah. it. I, I just want to say, I don't know if you watched the Super Bowl last night. The halftime shows, I mean, almost yeah. every year is, is awful. Last night was just, I, I mean, you can't even go into it. It's it's yeah. closed closed porn is all you can say that it was. Like, what's the yeah. closing? <laughs> yeah. And bad. <laughs> the bottom line is to erode our humanity. There's one thing that Satan's absolutely jealous of. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to be in the image of God. Mm. He was the most beautiful angel, the most glorious, powerful angel, and yet he was not like God, and that drove him crazy. So then he saw humankind created in his image the very thing he wanted to be, right? And so he had a vendetta against us. 
and lied and said, you're not like God and he's deceiving you. And they bought into it and brought us into bondage to sin and to Satan. And since then, he's been on a rampage to try to get us to strip away our humanity. Um, and the our sexuality is such a core part of who we are that it's the easiest place to strip away our humanity, to get us into sexual sin, sexual bondage, to where we are unraveling parts of ourselves. Yeah, wow. And I see that, like you can look around and, and anybody who has been involved in it or been affected by it, like it's their, their lives are chaos. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's the little things too. It, it might not be, it might not be like going off the deep end, but there's little things that like, like you were saying earlier, you can, you can tell like, okay, that's, that's a sign that something deeper is going on. Uh-huh. What? What are some other ways that that porn and toxic sexuality, as you put it, how does that affect men specifically? Like, can you can you give some examples other ways? Absolutely. Um, And it touches everything. It literally touches everything. High level. You've got the fueling of sex traffic and just the, the bondage and slavery of women by using porn. That's high level. It mm. scatters our relationships. It destroys our ability to connect, both um, both in what should be intimate relationship with um, another woman, but also just our ability to connect with everybody. It rewires our brain and it rewires our reward system, makes us way less patient, makes, makes us just perpetually horny all the time and just like overstimulates the sex drive and says, I only want things that they can happen right now. So what happens is every time we use porn, we're making ourselves literally weaker and weaker. And people lose muscle mass. Uh, There's all sorts of things that happen where we're just, um, how do I say this? We're just evaporating our testosterone, quite literally, Hmm. um, every time we do that. We're evaporating our ability to connect with ourselves, other people, and God every time we do that because there's nothing as sacred and spiritual as sexual connection. And when we are um, masturbating to porn, watching the porn, we, we take that sexual connection and reduce it down to this animalistic thing, reducing ourselves from what is supposed to be the most important, sacred, worshipful thing that God created on this earth to um, just to an animalistic, disconnected, uh, I'm I'm connecting with a screen that doesn't even exist kind of a thing. Right. Yeah, that's so true. When you put it that way, it, it yeah, I don't know how how does a how does a person who has been sucked into it, who can't, who thinks they can't break free or hasn't been able to, who's tried and and gone back to it. How do they break free from that? Like what's, what are some keys there? So the key is starting to understand why you're drawn to porn and porn is not the issue. Porn creates issues, but it's not the primary issue. We're drawn to porn because we're, we need it as an app, need it, quote, quote, unquote, 
as an affirmation of our manhood to make us feel powerful or to make us feel connected or to make us feel something. We use it as a crutch in order to um, cover up places that are hurting, that are painful, where we feel less than and where we feel inadequate and where we feel weak. If we want to feel powerful, like I can, I can, um, I'm connecting with this woman and she's doing what I want and I am able to live the dream and she's reaffirming my masculinity all the time and submitting to me as a man. Um, if we're, we get that from porn and, and, oh, it's I'm doing real. this because yeah. it's not real. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just, it creates these broken loops inside of us instead of working hard to pursue a woman laying your life down for her, marrying her, and perpetually giving, giving, pursuing, pursuing, and then being able to receive um, from that battle the beautiful reward of sex uh, with her. It's this short-circuited thing that absolutely just destroys the whole cycle. So instead of giving in sex and then being able to receive from sex, we're just giving and emptying ourselves. Yeah. No, it's... When you, when you look at the issue, like step back and look at the 50, 75 year issue, going from breaking down the family, attacking, attacking men's masculinity at its core there. And, and when you, when you talked about, you know, maybe, maybe men feel inadequate or they, or, you know, their very manhood's been attacked uh-huh. all over today. Like, being a man is, is a bad thing today. Yep. <laughs> and, and so it, it seems like a, a perpetual thing. They want to, they want to reaffirm their masculinity. And so they can't out in the real world. So they go to porn, but then that only, only drives the, the shame, the guilt, the, yep. I'm not good enough. The, and it, it seems to, to, to keep on going. How can like, how do we not be ashamed of our masculinity, even though society tells us that we need to, that we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be sorry because we're a man. Uh-huh. <laughs> how do, how do we break out of that? Like what's, how do we embrace biblical masculinity in spite of everything that's thrown at us? Right. Well, part of being a man is being able to be defined by this internal, this is who I am, as opposed to letting other things or people define you. The world is always looking to define you. Um, are you a simp? Are you a wimp? Are you toxic masculinity? Are you this? Are you that? Are you a geek? Are you a goth? Are you a redneck? Are you whatever? You know, there's, there's so many different things. And part of being a man is being able to dig into your identity and say, I'm a son of God. I am pure and blameless in his sight. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus and all the old things have passed away. And now I am new and I get to reflect who Jesus is to this world. And when I can dig into that and make my life solely about that, that's, that's the winner right there because I'm found I'm putting my foundation, not on anyone else, not letting anyone else toss me around. That's not a masculine trait. 
it's that this is who I am. And I'm sorry, Ken, but you can't talk me out of who I am. Right. You may be able to point out a different traits <laughs> that I know about or don't know about and may help be able to help me discover it. Mm-hmm. But you can't talk me out of who I am as a son of God. Mm-hmm. And that's a key part of masculinity is this stubborn no. The, I know what the Bible says about me. I know what Jesus says about me. And that's about all I care about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, while you were talking, I had to think of the, you know, there's so many false dichotomies out there, but especially with manhood, you know, one side says men are evil. They're overbearing, you know, the, the toxic masculinity, the patriarchy, all of that. And the other side, the, the, the man, the pro manhood side said, no, men are violent and men are strong and they go out and conquer and they do all of this, but there's a balance. Like not all men have to like, they're not all fighters and, and you know, the, the big Mr. Olympia type, you know, I'm not that (laughs) if if that's what men are, then, then I'm, I'm out of luck, I guess. So it's uh, I, I love the, the biblical masculinity description that you gave. Uh-huh. It's not a, it's not the false dichotomy. We don't have to choose from, from what we're given today, but there is a better way. That's uh-huh. God's way. Yeah. And we are all fighters, but we're not all Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're going to juke it out <laughs> right. kind of fighters, you know? Yeah. There's um, different, different arenas to fight in. Yes, exactly. Sure. Yeah. So how, how do you, how do you work with people who are trying to, to break free or how, how do you help people in that? So the, the crux of the situation is the areas where we are wounded, the areas where we are weak. Um, let me back up. Romans 6, 6 says that we are new creations or that all the old has died, right? And that we have become new. Our sin nature is already dead. What's the sin nature? That's a great question. Um, if, you, if you stumble upon a deer in the forest, what's that deer going to do? probably going to run. Yeah. Do you see it thinking about what it needs to do? <laughs> no, it just, it just goes. Right. Just boom. It'll either freeze and then check you out and run or just split. Mm-hmm. That's just the nature of the deer. Right. And right. before Jesus, we had the nature of sin where if something hit our hearts and made us feel insecure, made us feel weak, made us feel lacking, made us feel shame or pain or guilt or anger or fill in any of those things, we had a natural inclination to run, fight, flight. However we would react in a simple way, we would react in that way. That was just our nature. But that is dead now, which means that I can choose to come come and operate out of what Second Peter says is my divine nature. I have the DNA of heaven. So that being said, I don't have to live in any sin. Right. Am I a, a sinless person? Do I have all of this figured out yet? <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not even going to pretend like I'm a sinless uh, person who has love completely down in any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't hear that from me. But I know and I'm convinced that we can live above our sin nature, live above temptation. And it all comes down to one simple question. Do I trust God? 
So this is how it goes. You're walking through life. No one wants, no Christian man wants to do porn. It's like the worst thing that they absolutely despise and hate, right? Mm -hmm. But they walk through life and then they see something or they feel something and they feel shameful or inadequate or something happens. And all of a sudden they're in that toxic cycle, that toxic loop again, trying to get their need met somewhere that isn't Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. Making sense so far? Yes, absolutely. So what, what we're doing is instead of letting the river of life in, which is Jesus, which makes us the trees of life, we are letting in all the, the poison and the junk and saying, this is what I need to meet my needs. And this happens because our brains from, since we're tiny little kids, have created subconsciously this codex of, this is what causes me pleasure and keeps me safe. And this is what is unsafe and causes me pain. And so we subconsciously just jump back to this codex without even thinking and just whoop, all of a sudden we're whisked away yeah. into porn or we're whisked away into eating too much or we're whisked away into drinking or whatever it is. But particularly we're talking about porn. Um, and so the goal, the solution is consciously making decisions to trust God, renewing your mind and saying, oh, oh, I feel weak because this. I'm going to choose to trust God there. God, forgive me. I repent of this. I forgive people of this. And all of a sudden you're letting repentance and forgiveness allow mm. the river to come into your life. And when the river comes in, you receive his love, then you're able to love. I can only love because he first loved me. Right. And there are areas in my life where I don't love God because I'm not letting his love in. And the fruit will show it. Any parts of our life that are bearing bad fruit are because that's an area where I'm not loving God. That doesn't discredit the fact that I've served my entire life for him and that I've given this and that and um, worked really hard to give to his people and to love him well. Um, but there's still the principle remains. If I don't trust him, I don't love him. If I'm blocking mm -hmm. him out of an area, I don't love him. And a lot of people will tailspin when they hear that because of guilt, shame, or condemnation. But it's important when you hear this to remember, this is not an identity. The fact that you don't trust God or love him because you haven't received his love, that's not who you are. It's an event. It's something that you've chosen, but it doesn't make you some horrible, shameful person worthy of hell. Right. Because Jesus said we were worthy. And that all of these things are just events. And the, the sooner we can take away that emotional pressure where that just makes us feel horrible about ourselves, the sooner we can get free. Wow. That's well said. I, I love that. It's, it's an amazing uh, comfort to know that, you know, we will fall. Thing, things happen. Um, but there's forgiveness. Jesus, Jesus is ready to forgive. And if we walk in his power, walk in biblical masculinity, he will break those chains. So that's, yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. If somebody wants to reach out to you for help or, or to learn more or um, 
if they need to find you, just to ask some more questions, where where can people connect with you? Yeah, there's my email, which is shanetbeck at gmail.com, the spelling that you see down there. Um, I'm also on Facebook. Uh, my <laughs> my username is a little embarrassing because it's so old, but it's Edgy Sprinkles. Uh, I was I used to be super like emo moody, and I was, but I was also <laughs> super sweet. And so I told my friends I'm dark and edgy and moody, and they would laugh at me and be like, "Yeah, maybe Edgy Sprinkles." So. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Good story. <laughs> yes. Well. <laughs> I appreciate you joining me tonight. It's um, definitely a lot to a lot to think about, a lot to take in, but it's it's an encouraging message for sure that, that a lot more people need to hear. Thank you. Yeah, there is freedom, um, and the best thing is it's not just about walking away from porn; it's walking into. Um, you won't win if you're just focused on porn or getting out of porn. You will win if you're focused on Jesus and walking into your masculinity and out of weakness. Mm-hmm. All right, hang out here for just a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna close out and then then we can chat after a little bit. Okay, sounds great. All right, guys, that's a wrap. I, I hope. I mean, I know there's so many people out there that have been affected, some to a small degree, some to a massive degree by the issue of pornography. I'm, it affected me, my life, my marriage. Um, it's, it's not something that I enjoy talking about, but it is something that's real in life. And, and I hope that wherever you're at, that you will find help, find somebody that can talk you through it. But most of all, rely on God. Like, Talk to him, trust him, find that forgiveness and lean into the biblical masculinity like Shane was talking about. That's all for tonight. Do good work.